This is Pure Decking for Saturday, August the 30th, 2014. This is the show about stuff that interests me, like our current police state, information security, and actually getting back and doing the show every once in a while. Uh, I'm Morbs, and tonight we have the BSV. I don't have enough slots on the soundboard to have your sound effect ready. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. You put sods in, but not mine. Well, his is funnier. <laughs> And we have the RU-486. Uh, let me troll through the archive. I think I can come up with a better one for BSV. <laughs> I, think, I think it might be the disappointed, uh-uh, <laughs> BSV makes. Well, I mean, we still got Heavy saying, ooh, that one around here somewhere, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. want that as my... <laughs> you don't want that as your <laughs> Yeah, Big I don't know. They, they, they were, um, they're saying it got cut out a couple of times. I'll watch the stream be fucking up. That's all I need. Hey, I'll have a check on that. Keep going. I might, uh, we, we might be changing stream providers or doing something different because they, this one seems to be having, uh, problems. Or Psychrosis Player was just fucked up. One of the two. So, uh, oh, and just a comment earlier from uh, some, some chat us on the IRC. No, Cycros, you're not drinking. Well, I guess you are technically sitting in your room drinking alone, listening to the voices in your head. You can at least pretend the voices are coming from your headphones. Indeed, um, I think it's a stream provider again. Oh, is it? Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we got to find another one. I, I'm getting it on my end, too, now. It's yeah. been less and less lately, but it uh, just seems to be doing it this morning. Well, it's afternoon, or... Well... That sucks. We'll have to we'll have to figure out another one. I haven't um, looked at it. Yeah. But you can always, you know, listen to the podcast after the show. If yeah, it's too annoying live. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And I'm, well, assuming I ever get around to posting, I'm like three shows behind on the posting or something like that. I'm going to redo the website. And uh, one of the things we're going to do is take, take out that scroll, that ticker at the top of the page. Because as much as I enjoy it, we're only got the one show running right now. So it's uh, just kind of... Tell me about it, man. I wish yeah. we could get back and do IHN, but circumstances prevailing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, real life's kicking everybody's ass. I mean, I can't even do decking on the, on the, you know, it doesn't even work for me on Thursdays anymore. I had to switch to Saturdays just because I can't, I was not able to keep up with everything that I need to do to do the show and Boom. my job. The so, way I look at it this way, man, we've been going, what, five years straight now? Oh, geez, and, I have no idea. Yeah, life, <laughs> life changes over five years, you know? Slightly. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you've had a girlfriend for five years, guaranteed she's a couple of pounds heavier. You know, well, things yeah. change. Things change. So, but yeah, we are, I am going to be working on the uh, website and I guess possibly hunting up stream providers if uh, it continues to be a problem. If not, then we'll just roll with it. But uh, I don't know. I'm exploring some ideas with the stream anyways of possibly getting us, getting one of those license packs so we can play whatever the hell we want and not have to worry about it. 
as much as I enjoy the open source Creative Commons uh, idea, it's a lot more work to do it that way than to just grab the music you like and throw it on. So, yeah, laziness prevails. Galaxy that- 15, country all year, all round. <laughs> Oh, one time I offered to let uh, Static DJ, and he said, you don't want me to DJ. I said, why? Because nobody on your stream is going to like what I play. Like, <laughs> what, what are you going to play? He said, nothing but Christian rock. I'm like, well, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> you know, and it's... It's, <laughs> it's like, no, no, you're, you're right. Not a lot of people are going to go for that. Um... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Christian Rock's just a happier version of um, country, isn't it? I don't really know. Instead anymore. of your dog being run over, your savior gets nailed to a cross, something like that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't listen to a lot of either genre, so I'm not really sure. Yeah, you know, it's 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 not. Uh, what was it, King of the Hill, where they tried to explain that you're just making rock and religion worse by putting them together? <laughs> you know, both of them. <laughs> Is King of the Hill still going? I don't think so. I just re- kind of remember seeing that floating around somewhere. Because I, I got into that late, and it turned out to be okay. I didn't I mind that show. I think they had a finale or something. Tell me Bobby dies of propane ingestion. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. It's been quite a while. Yeah. Bobby well, huffs sure. propane and takes the I ride on lawnmower. Do uh, remember there was a massive propane explosion somewhere towards the end. I'm sure there's a torrent or you know, watch cartoons online or something's got the whole thing somewhere. So anyways, uh let's see. Let's go right into our discussion here. So, internet privacy. You know, just for a nice broad topic, right? Um, I've got a couple of news articles here that kind of got me thinking on these lines, but when it gets down to it, it's really only the end users, and even then only a handful of them, that actually care about it. Like, I'm more than a little concerned about maintaining my privacy on the internet, you know, despite running some services and making some early on screw-ups, <laughs> if you know where to look. But, um, you know, I'm I'm fairly fairly adamant about that, and I know a lot of our regular group is. But some of the people I talk to at work, they could give a shit. They really don't care. I've got one guy i got to deal with who honestly thinks it's okay to browse the web on a domain admin account. Like, he thinks that's normal. He thinks it's fine. A lot of people do. And and it's like and I, I said, What are you doing? He said, Well, I've never had a problem, it's never caused a problem. I you know, nothing I do is a problem, so you know, I don't need to change what I'm doing. And he did not win that argument. I'm just gonna point this out now. But um you know, it's like all it takes is once on the domain admin account and we're fucked. But <laughs> um yeah, no, it's it's <laughs> he totally he totally was you know, that's normal, that's fine, he doesn't think it's a problem. Um, you know, it's like, and, and it comes back to the, well, why would anybody target us mentality, right? And, well, no, it's not that they're targeting us, it's that they're targeting anybody. <laughs> you don't um, run into the random gunfiring range and expect not to be missed every single time. 
Yeah, and and it really does come down to a lot of people do not realize just how much they are tracked. Your browser, since every page you load, either to Microsoft or Google, it's for an anti-malware check. Uh, Firefox does it too, by the way. Um, you know, it's it's comparing. You can turn it off, but by default, it it compares every site you go to to a database of known bad guy URLs. You've ever seen that Google has decided this page has malware on it? That's that's mm. that's what that is. Is it's pulling that list down and checking your stuff against it all the time. Microsoft is doing the same thing. Hell, Microsoft Internet Explorer is sending every page you go to not just for malware, but to get a, a read on whether it should display that particular web page in a modern mode, which is standards compliant like Firefox and Chrome do, or if it should use a compatibility mode for IE 10, 9, or 8, or 7, or 6. <laughs> So, <laughs> and this is why you don't click on the big button that has an E in it. Yeah. And of course, you know, that, and that's just the browser. You think about your ISP. A lot of ISPs are now trying to track customer data so they can resell it. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, every web page you go to is loaded with an amazing amount of ads and trackers. Um, you know, I Not personally. Not a ad block. Well, you have to, you almost have to use ad block. Mm. Especially if you don't have a top-of-the-line machine. I'm dead serious about this. I've, got, I've still got a little netbook I use for some things. And even my Chromebook. If I don't have Adblock installed, and you want to talk about the no. .NET OS right there, freaking Chromebook, right? You yeah. don't have Adblock installed because the machine doesn't have enough horsepower for the 20 trackers, all the, all the cookies, and like the 14 animated ads that come up on every page. The browser will actually crash trying to display ads. Hell, uh, <laughs> tablets do the same thing. They don't have enough horsepower to draw all these stupid ads and the thing crashes. So you have to install some kind of an ad blocker just so just to make it usable. But, you know, you think about how many people don't know about ad block. I think ad block plus is trying to do some campaign to, of all things so they can do an advertising campaign to let people know about ad block plus, which I don't know of any advertising company that's going to take up that, you know, hi, we're trying to destroy your business model. You want to, you want to buy our ads? <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I don't we're going to put up ads for something that blocks ads. Ads, yeah, I don't... Um... <laughs> or at least they're not going to saturate the market that already has it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... But of course, you know every site you sign into. You know how many sites do you have to make an account on? Well, you know, think about how many people just give them their information. They're building marketing lists. You ever? I don't know how many of you guys have ever been to a, a professional conference, but um, past couple of times I've gone to security conferences, and uh, you know this is just signing up to the conference, right? Uh, you know the amount of marketing and cold calls, cold sales calls I get afterwards, saying, "Oh yeah, hi, we met at such and such conference." Actually, I had a lot of fun. Um, because when I was still working for the school, I had a, a conference that I signed up for and then wasn't actually able to go to. And so I started getting these calls saying, yeah, hi, I saw you at, at this, uh, what was it? I think it was a Checkpoint conference. So I was like, yeah, I saw you at this Checkpoint conference. No, you didn't. I wasn't at a Checkpoint conference. Oh, um, well. We have your details. <laughs> um, you know, you, you just hear the, the marketing person at the other end short circuit and and that's when you just, you know, go for, you know, just really drive that knife in and say, um, and since you just lied to me, I have no reason to believe anything you're about to say when you're trying to sell me your product. 
right. don't call nice. me again. And nice. you know they've got no response to that, right? Awesome. Yeah, what's I'd, I'd love to hear the salesperson's response to that crap, but um, you know, you know, think about how many people post stupid shit to Facebook. Um, even saying that, let's see what's Psycho saying here. Uh, Learn my lesson about uh, posting shit. Oh yeah, yeah. He he called some people out on Facebook and then they saw it and he had to deal with it in real life. So yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't want to wow. read what he wrote out over the air there. <laughs> It's like yeah, let's start reading and then let's go. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, he, he you know again, how many people post stupid shit to Facebook thinking oh you know nobody's gonna see this, they're not gonna have to deal with it until so, they do. Until they do, <laughs> yeah. So I think a lot of that really does come down to ignorance. But you know, if you really want to see the tracking in action, um, turn off all your ad block, all your ghostery, no script, all that stuff. You know, hit the website bare-assed like a newborn, right? Go on Amazon and load up like a brand name product or a couple of pages for, you know, different versions of, you know, brand name products, right? Of of all the same thing, kind of. You know, toilet paper, I don't care. Um, And then go to like major blogs or other really popular ad-heavy pages and um, you'll, uh, you'll see all of these ads for all the crap you were just looking at all over everything. Um, you know, I, I was using a box I don't normally use and I was looking up something on Splunk and, uh, and I started getting all these ads for Splunk on every page I went to after that. And it's just like, really? And it was just because, you know, I just grabbed a machine and you know, it was a fresh image and I hadn't dropped all my stuff on it yet. And it was just amazing the amount of ads you see for something just because you Google it. Yeah, dude. I use Google as a dictionary. Though That's I'm pretty sure it. Google <laughs> thinks I'm a dis- I, I am totally schizophrenic. <laughs> so, you mean it isn't the spell checks a device? It is. It's a fairly That's good That's all I use it for. It's a great one. <laughs> <laughs> but I look so. at it this way, Morps. People who are like, ah, oh, won't happen to me, they're there are two people in this world, and it comes down to death. Those who are worried about just death, nothing else, you're just worried about the end. And those who worry about how they're going to die. So if you think about all the horrible ways you could die, you're probably going to be one of those people that are really secure about leaving their shit on the internet. If you're just worried about dying, you don't care about the consequences. You're only thinking of consequence, not how it happens. Sort of follow what I mean? No, no I get you. That, that makes perfect yeah. sense. Because I'm not worried about death. It's the skinning alive to start with. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you, you know, know what what I mean? skin you alive and throw you in the bag of salt. I, uh, I'd be a little concerned as well. <laughs> I was wondering how we were going to get to the analogy, too. It's like, how are we going to compare the multiple ways of dying to Internet ads? But this is <laughs> it was really funny. I remember many, many moons ago when I was much younger, a more aggressive, hyperactive young male. I said to this man, older gentleman one day, I'm going to kill you. And he said, wait one minute. Exactly how are you going to do it? And we'll discuss it. Because I am quite happy to die right now. How are you going to do it? And it made me really start questioning it from that day on. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, and I've you know, come is, up is with it... some very inventive ways of how I do not want to die. The skinny yes, alive I'm... rolled in salt. Start with. Yeah, that's, that's a good place to not want to be. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure we can come up with a whole list of ways you really don't want to die if we sat down and tried. But yeah, so um, social death. How do you want to die? Calling someone something stupid on Facebook and then having to go to work the next day and recount everything you said because you're a little bit drunk and tired. Just, yeah. 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 That's, uh, you know, how many people have gotten fired because they posted shit like fuck my boss on, you know, Facebook? Yep. Or, you know, what's the, uh, the real one you got to be careful of now is if, if your coworkers are on your Steam list, right? And you call in sick and then they say you spent playing, you know, what? Call of Duty or. But you uh, can be sick and play right? Call of Duty or Payday. Oh, that's when you call in to a f- you have a funeral or something, and then, then you're sitting there doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Was a teleconference point. funeral? <laughs> it was on the other monitor. I could see the casket. Screenshot F12. <laughs> that's my game. <laughs> of course, then you send them the the the, uh, the the second life funeral or whatever the hell. <laughs> It just happens a screenshot is the same dude you're playing with, this guy that's dead. You know? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I thought you said you're good friend. I, um, hmm, yeah, uh, shit. <laughs> uh, somebody must have hacked his account. Yeah. yeah I was playing with the hacker. A, Turns out he's really good, good at headshots. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't send that dick pic. That was hackers. Yeah, it's my dick, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, uh... There was a guy last week got caught for that. Um, an old cricket player in England. This is like this horrible dick pic, man. It's one of the, <laughs> the worst, you know. And um, yeah, he's like, uh, not hackers, but it yeah. is my dick. Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, you know, and and two, this not that's funny. You mentioned the hackers angle of it because you know all, everything going on in the gaming world right now with the social justice crowd and um. um Fuck, what's the guy's name with the Fez game and saying, oh, you all don't deserve my next game. And everybody's like, okay, fine, go away. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he, he was, like, took a, his website down and then later claimed it was hacked or maybe he really was hacked. I don't know if they ever got a clear answer on that, but uh, where he was doxxed or something like that. So, yeah. yeah, the whole claiming you were hacked thing versus actually being hacked. I don't know. It wasn't me, it was my enchanted equipment going crazy. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I don't even want to talk about the rest of that crap. Um, yep. So the article, but, one of the first articles I got, or do you have a point, are you? No, no, I was just going to say back to the privacy thing. Yeah, yeah. meanwhile, back at the point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so the first article I came up on here that... Um, was it's it's in the register but it's talking about kaspersky uh, apparently kaspersky uh put an article up on their um their kaspersky university blog saying remember if you have done nothing wrong you have nothing to hide there's almost zero chance that you would be of interest to any sec- uh, secret service on the planet the only nuisance you will uh, is that you'll be advertised to, by robots and there are more effective tools against them than online am- anonymity the entire article was why trying to stay anonymous online was bullshit so they yanked it within like four hours and put up. It's like, well, it was a draft. Somebody was working on it. It accidentally got posted. 
And apparently uh, Kaspersky's founder was saying he believed in the internet passport like back in 2011. So... No. No. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, Kaspersky got called out. And then Google. Um, I, I have an, uh, a snippet here from the uh, disconnect.me blog. Disconnect.me is a, an application for trying to block uh, tracking, and as a side effect, it happens to block a lot of the advertising as well. And um, they're, they were working on a Google, uh, an Android uh, app, and like five days after they submitted it to the Play Store, they, they got a nasty note from Google back saying, basically, this thing violates terms of service, no ad blockers, and, uh, you know, screw you, basically. Wow. And so, you know, there, of course, this blog post is going on about how we really need open Android development and how it's not right that Google can censor uh, the Play Store when like 78% of smartphones run Android. That's the number in their blog anyways. Um, you know, and they, they go on about how, you know, we're not directly an ad blocker, but a lot of the stuff that we block hinders advertising. And so when you think about, no, of course Google's not going to let you put out a product that, you know, is, cripples their core income stream. That's how Google makes their money, is advertising, right? This is why when you see all these people, uh, they, you, know, you really don't want everyone in the world running Adblock Plus. Because if internet, you know, you think about how great it would be if websites didn't put all these ads all over their pages. Now they're going to pay for it, though. They, you got to pay for the hosting somehow, mm. and anything they come up with is going to be way worse than a banner ad. The problem is that advertising has gotten so damned intrusive that, you know, like I have old laptops and tablets and stuff that you cannot load certain web pages on because the amount of ads on them will kill them. Like yeah. The browser will crash because of all the ads on these pages. So but why are you uh, not updating every six months? Um, because I like to spend my money on something other than buying new Apple hardware. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's their argument. So, you know, I forgot to do something very, very important. Um, and, well, let's finish the conversation, then we'll do this. So, you know, if you haven't if you haven't figured out your mobile phone tracking is ten times worse than anything on the browser, um, I've I got handed an iPhone at work, right? And of course, I immediately disabled location services, really just to saved battery life well because i'm i'm living in a new city i've been using I, I use the maps thing to get around a little bit well that turns location tracking back on and leaves it on it doesn't turn it back off when you close out the maps app like it used to and for one i was trying to figure out why my battery was dying so fast but um the phone now learns like it makes an educated guess based on where you are by time of day and learns where your home and where your job is. And you figure this out when you're goofing around with the voice assistant and it tells you, by the way, the traffic on the way home is bad. Take an alternate route. Wow. It's like, I, I didn't ask that. How do you know where I live? I never put that in. Of course, you know, the billing information, sure, but, um, so, you know, of course, people are like, oh, that's so convenient, it just learns that. No, that's not convenient. Uh, Think about no, that how... That goes how out the window. It goes out the window. <laughs> that's how these voice programs work, is they don't do the processing on the phone, 
Like Siri doesn't work on your phone. It's going back to Apple servers, which means, yes, Apple servers know both where I live and where I work. Yeah, they're using it for their program, but you think that's, that stuff's not getting logged? It's just like the anti-malware stuff, and you'd think they're not saving a log of that, that XIP was requesting X site, and by the way, we told it it was clean. Wow. I mean, think about that. Uh, uh, sir, we, we've built up a profile of this user, and uh, he's masturbating ridiculously amount a lot at work and at home and in the traffic on the way home. We know that because of the websites he's visiting while the car is stationary because this thing has <laughs> lateral log true movement. Then you think about it, man. So we, we, we're just going to go and up his premiums on his insurance. He'll be blind and hairy-palmed by the end of Thursday. <laughs> Wow. See, this is the whole reason, man. I, I refuse to have a phone. Well, I'm beginning to think the whole, you know, go with a Wi-Fi only device or just not even at all. Of course, are you? You don't really leave the house that much either. Uh, when I do, I do. I leave it in a big way. But uh, um, when I was working, even then, I, I refused to have a phone on me between uh, only work hours. I lock it in my desk at work. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. There's no reason for me to have it on me 24 hours a day. Everybody's like, wow, we get a free work phone. That is awesome. I'm like, no. And I, I got multiple times times in trouble and called in why I wouldn't have it with me so I could take calls of an evening. Well, I'm not on your clock, and I hate phones. Simple. Yeah. I and guess I know what you, they do. If you absolutely have to carry a phone, go get like a, oh, what was the one? that An was old dumb phone. An old dumb <laughs> phone. An old Nokia. Yeah, but- what there was a there was a Nokia phone that was floating on Reddit because it was like the one that was inspired 960, by the Matrix, isn't it? Huh? The nine sixty? I don't remember. Or I was thinking, get one of Nokia those. Flip. At least it's cool looking, right? The first Nokia flip phone. Oh yeah, yeah. Go get, go get you a, just a, a phone. You know. Mm. Yeah. I guarantee or, your service will be cheaper too if you're not paying for you know data. unlimited data or it's not unlimited anymore either. So yeah. So. There's that. Yeah. The fanciest want... feature my phone has is a camera and text messages. Wow, you have a camera? Fancy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> my phone plays snake. That's how to get a cam or get a phone without a camera nowadays. Yeah. All like, right. I, I seriously, man, I'm that bad with mobile phones when my wife and me leave the house on the weekend. It doesn't go with us. Nice. I mean, and that that's a level of discipline to be able to do that. It really is. Well, it's not because I don't want to talk to friends or anything. I don't want the fucking thing tracking me. Like, it's ridiculous. See, I do so much with mine that I really would have a hard time leaving it behind. I really would. Could you go a week without it? Um, Maybe. I'm not sure. Probably not, actually, given my job. Hmm. I mean, on a, on a uh, say, a holiday break, get rid of it then, or are you too reliant on it for everyday life? I, yeah, I, I mean, I just pull it out of my pocket and, and start doing stuff on it so often that, you know, you, <clears throat> do, you don't even think about it anymore. Do you wonder if you may be giving yourself a, uh anxiety disorder down the track? Probably. That's yeah. why we drink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just well under the new Sharia law, and we can't drink or have phones. A lot of black shake people out there. Um, oh, now I see why all the beheadings happen. 
<laughs> so speaking of this is why we drank, I forgot to do something very important at the opening of the show. <laughs> I've been drinking Johnny Walker Green Label. Oh, man, I thought the chicken was still alive running around in your living room. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking, are you? Uh, I did have a big black coffee. But now I, I'm I like on water. the pause there where you had to think about it a little bit. <laughs> what? Coffee. Yes. Yes. Coffee. Water now. Shaking too much. Michael J. Fox job endangerment. <laughs> yeah, I've got a glass of water here for when I finish off the scotch. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you got, BSV? I did finish off the last of my hard apple cider. So currently. Cherry Coke. Well, you know, not everybody needs their teeth when they get old. <laughs> uh, what the hell is Cherry Coke? That would be Coca-Cola with cherry-flavored syrup in it. Oh, that's right. You guys have all that weird shit. <laughs> you should see the vending machines they've got now. You haven't seen those. You probably haven't seen those. Um, I don't know if they have them in Australia or not, or at least not anywhere you'd go. Um, yeah, they've got them now where they've got like 12 different flavor mixes in the machine and in the big screen. Oh, so, wow. Uh, you, you know, you go in and tell it what Total kind funds. of... Yeah, yeah. You go in there and tell it what kind of Coke you want, and then they've got like 14 different flavor options on the Coke and all this other crazy stuff. Wow. Yeah, it's for Living in the future, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'd ask Sard what he's drinking, but we know what he's going to no, say. No, 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 Sard. So. I don't really want to know how he's drinking himself. But... <laughs> well, you know. So. Right, he's out there playing with his deck. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways. Um, first story I've got up for tonight is from Windows IT Pro. Despite a federal court ordering Microsoft to overturn, or to turn over, um, this is written weird. To turn overseas-held email data to federal authorities, they're missing a word there. Um, the giant, the software giant, said Friday it will continue to withhold the information as it wants for the case to wind through the appeals process. The judge has now ordered both Microsoft and federal prosecutors to advise her how to proceed by next Friday, September the fifth. Let there be no doubt that Microsoft's actions in this controversial case are customer-centric. The firm isn't just standing up to the U.S. government on moral principles. It's now defying a federal court order. This is because they look so bad in light of all this uh, NSA spying crap. <laughs> they have to do something to say, no, no, see, we protect customer data. Uh, Microsoft will not be turning over the email and, plan- and plans to appeal. Uh, a Microsoft statement notes, everyone agrees... Uh, this case can and will proceed to the appellate court. This is simply about finding the appropriate procedure for that to happen. Uh, Judge Laura Preska, chief, the chief of the U.S. District Court in Manhattan that ruled on July 31st that Microsoft was required to hand over email messages stored in an Ireland data center to U.S. prosecutors investigating a criminal case. But when she uh, suspended the order temporarily amid complaints from uh, international companies and tech companies in the U.S. that argued that allowing U.S. authorities to search NC's data held internationally was illegal. On Friday, however, she lifted the suspension after prosecutors successfully convinced her that her order was not appealable. 
the uh, removal of the suspension legally requires Microsoft to hand over the email immediately. This is the first time a technology company has resisted a U.S. search warrant seeking data that is held outside of the United States. And that line right there is why I wanted to do this story. This is the Res- first time a U.S. company has resisted a U.S. search warrant for data that is held outside of the United States. How many times has data been handed over before this? Countless. Yeah. We've so, known that for ages. Uh, we all know Microsoft is eventually going to cave and give it to them, but they're trying to get some good press because they just got so beat up over customer privacy concerns, especially after all the Snowden crap. Yeah. So... That's I'm 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 firmly in the camp that this is a publicity stunt. Microsoft has been in bed with the government for years. They're Most definitely. Yeah, they're not. They they AT and T, you name it, man. Yeah, it's not that they have any con- any conjuncture about turning over these emails. It's they want to look good. So like, like, well, how much uh, tax discount do you want this year round? Oh, how mm-hmm. much information are you going to give us? Yep. So, you know, again, it's, you know, if if there really is somebody in Microsoft who's trying to do the right thing, kudos. I don't believe that for a minute. No. But, you know, we'll see what happens with this. I'm going to keep following it because I think it's interesting. Um, especially because from the original stories, my understanding was the guy had never set foot in the States, had he? I don't think so. I think it was one of the it was a counterterrorism thing. I think there. No, no, I'm wrong. It was the the guy whose emails they want had never set foot in the states, but he was suspected of selling working with somebody who was going back and forth to sell drugs. That's what it was. So they wanted the other guy's emails, like a supplier's email or something like that. And they were like, "Well, Microsoft is a U.S. company. We can just force them to hand that over, right?" <laughs> so. Well, Anyways. I know one judge that won't be getting a Christmas card this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways. All right. Let's uh, next one here. The next one is from money.cnn.com. In February, Netflix re- reluctantly agreed to play Comcast to directly connect to its network. Prior to the direct connection, Comcast, or Netflix delivered its videos to Comcast customers via third parties, including Cogent Communications. But Comcast customers experienced abysmal Netflix speeds, among the worst in the country. Netflix speeds became so slow in December of 2013 and January of 2014 that customers grew irate, Netflix said in its petition. Calls made to Netflix customer support center about slow-loading videos more than quadrupled during those months. For many subscribers, the bitrate was so poor that Netflix streaming video service was unusable, the company said. Some of them canceled their Netflix subscription on the spot, citing inadequate quality of Netflix video streams and Netflix inability to change the situation. After its February agreement, Netflix uh, speeds have soared on Comcast's network. The company has since entered similar deals with AT&T, Verizon, and Time Warner. Uh, Netflix and its CEO Reed Hastings have become outspoken critics of those direct connection deals, accusing the internet service providers of doing shakedowns. So, uh, you know, the, you, you all you know you all know how I feel about the net neutrality bullshit. So, this is obviously where the article is from. Their petition, you know, Netflix is trying to petition the government, saying that Comcast is directly hurting their business model and forcing them into these agreements. You know, with um, they're they're basically claiming monopoly tactics, which yep. 
I don't think they're wrong. That's that's the thing is mm. I, I really don't like these net neutrality arguments, but I don't think Netflix's argument is wrong. You know, I, I don't like the idea of the government stepping in and saying this is how thou shalt run an ISP because that gets dangerous too. As we've seen in the past, every time you give the government more power, it screws up more. Well, that's the thing, right? Is every time you see an agreement on net neutrality, you always see this interesting phrase of legal content. Well, yep. what's legal and what's illegal on the internet has not ever really been clear. Yeah. I mean, there's certain things that are obviously illegal, but there's a lot of gray area. And, you know, so you might, you know, if you are a standard a standard issue lib, liberal hipster <laughs> and you know you're really for net neutrality right now well that's great if the people you like the people who are running the government but that changes every couple of years um you know it swings back and forth you don't have one party controlling the government for years on end it it does change so what are you going to do when people you don't like are running the government and deciding what's legal and what's not through the FCC Riot. Uh, you say right or riot? Riot. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what'll happen. <laughs> My feelings are hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, I'm not saying I'm not saying Netflix doesn't have an argument because I do think the ISPs are shaking them down. But um I, I do feel like this is gonna be used for the net neutrality arguments and I don't like those. I don't like where those are going because I don't like the idea of the government having any really say any say at all in how the internet is run. I realize that they funded the invention of a lot of the technology, but that's it. Really. Most of the infrastructure is done by private companies uh, in America, I understand. Well... Primarily the infrastructure, especially on the server and router side. Now, you could make an argument that a lot of the copper lines that this stuff goes over is subsidized, and you could make a really good argument that a lot of the, the interlinks are subsidized. Um, but that that's like, you know, one part of a bigger picture. Well, the copper line network is such an old network anyway. Well, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said copper. Um the government also heavily subsidized the fiber lines. Okay. So they... But see, I, yeah. Mine was all government laid here, so... The other thing, too, is um, a lot of the companies that laid those lines, they did it under what's called Title II protection, which means the government was giving them special privileges to go run lines. Yeah. So you could make some fairly decent arguments that... You know the the government is already in control of, or should at least be in control of some of the actual um, interconnect, the actual lines that run from place to place. But the servers, the modern t technology, anyways. I mean, yeah, sure, the government may have funded the invention of TCP/IP and some of the basic uh, networking technologies and Unix. Well, no, AT and T mostly wrote Unix. Um, Bell Labs. Yeah, mostly it's just the wires they really paid for and yeah. giving the companies a lot of legal um, protection, really. So there's some argument to be made there, but I really don't like the idea of the government stepping in and saying ISPs shall do this because then what's the next step after that? Well, websites have to do this. 
if you're, you know, a, a internet content provider, you're subject to FCC law. And, uh, hmm, you know, I mean, where, where does that end? I don't see an end. Here's but I don't internet s- viewer license. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it ends when you go connect to Tor and completely step out of the legal framework. <laughs> and even that doesn't work. Psycho, I thought about using it. He sent me a story about uh, apparently a government official was using Tor to download kitty porn and still got caught. Nice. I have no so, problem with them getting caught. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't really... The, I thought about sticking the story in the privacy discussion, but I thought it might put a different angle on the... Uh, um, yes, Cycros, I absolutely would get the black shakes if I didn't have a... If I wasn't bathed in irradiated light coming from my monitor screens at least, you know, three hours a day, i get twitchy. So... <laughs> Or you have to keep up that nice internet tan. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, look how pale he is. Um, anyways. What uh, lovely bloodshot eyes you have, Morphs. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is early onset Parkinson's? No, I just haven't used a device in over 48 hours. Hey, man. You got an iPad? I need a hit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, want to buy some internets? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, y'all got any more of them megabytes? <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, next story up is from TechSpot. Uh, fair warning: most of this thing's a big buy Seagate stock ad. So the parts I cared about, um, Seagate has put out an eight terabyte hard drive, and wow, they're using something they call guard space between the tracks to increase capacity, but. Apparently, there's going to be you know need need for hardcore error checking and rewriting with this, so they're saying these drives might be a little bit slower. There'll be a performance impact to the eight terabyte hard drives because apparently That's... they've got an eight terabyte hard drive in your standard you know you know two and a half inch enclosure or three and a half. I'm sorry, yeah, they're three and a half drives. They're not the laptop drives yet. So. Be interesting for data centers. I'm. I would almost wonder if you can really. I mean, that much data. I'd. I'd love to see the reliability tests. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'd. I'd love to get my hands on one of those drives and just. Although, geez, filling up eight terabytes of data and just you know, continuously filling the drive and reading back from it. You know how long it would take to get a good verification that it's reliable for storing data. I'd like to measure the uh, the impact, as they call it. Yeah. Performance impact. You know, is it the equivalent to a baseball bat to the face or a uh, pickup truck at 100 miles an hour? You know, there is going to be a, a definite dip difference. Well, I mean, already have... the error correction on modern hard drives is going nuts all the time because they're, you know, so dense to, to get... I've got a three terabyte drive in my machine now, and I went and looked at the smart smart logs on it a little while ago, and it's it, the drive's fine, but man, is it is the ECC going crazy on it? You know, yeah, and that's that's just because they're so dense. So apparently they're put they figured they figured out a way to put a little bit of space in between the tracks to help with that, but I mean, <laughs> I kind of wonder if we're going to hit some kind of a I, I mean, there's got to be a physical limit to how small you can get these tracks, right? I'd, I'd say so. I don't. I don't really know, to be honest. I mean, I I, I don't think my math is I, my my physics is not strong enough to 
make a great um, a great interpreter. You know what? If you're going to use these drives, probably ought to put them in a RAID zero. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Or not uh, RAID one. You want them mirrored, not not striped. I'm sorry. Right, well, maybe get three of them to do raid five. <laughs> you know, just go ahead and go for the. Uh... Yeah. Here you go. Have all the money, kids. Yeah. All the money. Because <laughs> let's face it, if you're buying hardware like this, you've got coin. Yeah, just uh, get two of them and put them in raid one. Is would be my recommendation. Um, but yeah, eight terabyte hard drive. That's uh That's actually really cool. Because uh, the amount of data some places generate, you really need it. So, all right. Next one up is from the Register, and is really says more about South Korean culture than anything. Three quarters of South Korea's population have been compromised in a massive data breach affecting 27 million people. Wow. The, Nearly incomprehensible breach was revealed when 16 individuals were arrested after selling the records relating to victims aged between 15 and 65 years old. The records including names, account logins, passwords, resident uh, registration numbers, and apparently this thing's from, these are from all over the place, online services and game sites. Uh, police estimated the breach caused in or the breach caused in secondary damages alone nearly two million dollars after one criminal dubbed Kim bought the Huge credential cash from a Chinese cracker. Wait, Chinese cracker. Oh my god, a news service got the wording right. Yep. This really is. Or it's a typo. Or it's a typo, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I really got my hopes up there for a minute. Thanks, thanks, Rory. Kim bagged almost $400,000 by hacking six online games using details and gave the Chinese cracker a $130,000 cut. The buyer used the credentials to steal items from gaming accounts and sold off to other players. They were said to have used a hack tool dubbed Extractor that would log into the accounts and pilfer the loot. Whenever... Okay. This guy made $400,000 by selling World of Warcraft gear and other online games. But that's what it is. I'm not even mad. Fucking impressed. I mean, you know, you want to talk about the cyberpunk future. South Korea is living it, where three-quarters of their population got hacked through a handful of online games. Um, the buyer used the credentials to steal... Oh, I already read that bit. Uh, whenever passwords were incorrect, Kim would use would buy user information from South Korean identity cards and issue dates from a dodgy mobile phone provider in order to change the login information. Damn! Dodgy mobile phone provider? You know, like AT&T. <laughs> no, in other words, his roommate posing as someone else, you know, making um, cold calls to the people. Oh, it gets even better. He also sold off the personal information to mortgage fraudsters and illegal gamblers for less than 30 cents a pop. These low-value sales led to $2 million in damages, police estimated. Uh, the location of the buyers was not uh, detailed in the report. Seven suspects, including the Chinese cracker, were being sought by police. The breach was bad, but not as damaging as the South Korea mega hack in which 35 million people uh, in the country were exposed after a social media site, SciWorld, and the Nate portal were popped. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's amazing these the numbers you're getting from selling online crap, but think about this for a minute. 
35 million people, which is more than two or than three fourths of the country, was exposed from two websites getting hacked in South Korea. Yep. Uh, I'm just thinking I, of a logistical challenge this guy had to do to actually do this. Well, he probably has one of those eight terabyte hard drives and a freaking database server on it. I mean, yeah. I mean, once again, this is not something you pull off overnight. And this is not a one-man organization. No, this this is way bigger than they're making it out to be. But, like Morps, off the top of the he- off the top of your head, could you think of a black hat that you actually know and trust you could sell a shit ton of data to? God no. No, how do you even find these fucking people? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I could I, I know lots of them I could sell little bits too, but I'm not selling like, a shit ton. That means admitting you have it. I know, but how do you even buy plutonium off market? You know what I mean? <laughs> how do you get to meet these people? Am I going to the wrong parties? Um the parties are on IRC. But um <laughs> and you have to get usually the way it works is you get their attention and then they send you a message. Yeah. <laughs> um but the thing is if you go around admitting, yeah, I've got three-fourths of South Korea, you know, you want to buy it, um, what usually happens if you just turned yourself into a target for somebody who wants that much information and doesn't want to pay for it? Because at some point, it's easier just to hack your ass and get it than it is to – or um, do like they did to the guy with the uh, the Twitter handle they wanted and just get a hold of as much of his stuff and blackmail him until he gives it up. Yeah, if you I remember admit that you've got that much of that sh- If you admit you've got that much shit or that you control – you know, some popular domain or something like that. Uh, you just made yourself a target for that kind of stuff. So yeah. no, you don't sell a shit ton of it at a time. Of course, I mean, of course, their 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 black market culture might be different than the one I'm used to. <laughs> but uh, and in fact, it would make sense that it is because um, language barrier. So yeah, yeah, I don't speak Chinese. But, uh, yeah, you've got to be. But that's also, you know, there's also a little bit of OPSEC I'm mixing in there. Um, I, that's why I say this organization is probably bigger than they're making it out to be. Yeah. And they're after a handful of people, and they've got this guy, Kim. Uh, Kim's the fall guy for a much larger operation, I promise you. <laughs> Guaranteed. As I said, this stuff does not happen overnight, and it's not a one-man crew. Yeah. So... Imagine the cost of the hardware, and then even moving that much data. Well, the hardware wouldn't actually be that bad. Um, it's just a lot of data to move around. Yeah. Someone's got to notice that much data moving. You'd think. You really would think that. but um, Inside uh, job. Yeah. Had to be. Um, and you know, they mentioned they were working with an with a unscrupulous cell phone provider. I have a feeling... Because um, this this actually happens a lot, where you know I've done the story on decking where they had a couple of people who worked for AT and T who figured out they could make a crap ton of money selling off people's identities, and they did. They just happened to get caught. You know it happens all the time. It's the same thing with the movie pirates. They, you know you got the friend who works, you know at a special effects shop or in the movie theater or whatever, and gets their hands on the screen or DVDs and has a laptop, right? Yeah. You know that that's how it is. You just build the network of people who have access to to what you want and are willing to, you know, look the other way. So, 
I don't know how big your organization was and how many people were really involved with it and how many people were kind of periphery, but it's way bigger than this story is making it out to be. Like, because I've been unemployed way too long and I'm looking to get in with one of these crews. I'll, you know, I'll start by sweeping the shop floor. But I'm willing to start on the ground. I think it'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, international arms dealing. That'd be great, but how do you get into it? Well, you need a lot of guns. Well, I know that, but who do I approach to buy the guns off to start with illegally? Well, I, you know, I don't know that I want to answer that question. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all these badass jobs you hear about, like these black hats and all this shit inside bank runs and things. How do you get in with a group? That's what I want to you know. You get recruited is how that yeah. happens. Mm. Uh, Anyways... All right, next story up, and this one's just fun. It's from Engadget. Video footage has emerged showing that ISIS militants deployed a $500 consumer drone, which is, you know, a model airplane or a quadcopter, probably, um, to spy on crucial Syrian airfields, which they eventually seized. Taken by DJI Phantom FC-40 drone, the video was spotted on YouTube and pulled since it also contains graphic scenes of execution. It shows images of the base from what it looks like from a lofty altitude, along with insurgents discussing how to use the info. They later sent in suicide bombers to attack the most important, or the, attack the important northern air, airfield, but it's unclear that the information from the drone of what's of was of much strategic use. However, the footage has further value for the group as propaganda. It also formed part of a disturbing video meant to show that the group is high-tech and extremely violent, in which it helps uh, attract and radicalize new recruits. So, I guess this is the we-need-to-ban-consumer-drones argument. Yeah. Well, I got the video playing now. <laughs> you found the video? Nice. Yeah. I thought it was pulled off YouTube, but... Uh... Uh, dude, nah. just YouTube's generally its last home. Oh, yeah. It goes through the rest of the internet before that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, dude, it's just a quadcopter by the look of the quality. Yeah, it's the a GoPro it's a underneath toy. it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so apparently the terrorists have discovered model drones and, uh, or, you know, toy quadcopters, let's be honest, and, uh, are, you know, using them strategically. So I guess the argument from this story is we have to ban quadcopters and only the government is allowed to have quote-unquote drones. I don't know. Uh, I, you, you know I, this thing, doesn't, the, the story itself didn't have any conclusion, but you know that's what somebody's thinking. Yeah, right. Yeah. Although with that theory, pretty much anything sh or everything should be banned. Well, that's Terrorists kind of the idea. vehicles. Ban those. There was a great article in the economist about, and this was specifically referring to uh, corporate or corporations and corporate law where, because so many corporations are being targeted by the government for prosecution and usually rightly so, but then they're settling out of court for, in, you know, inordinate amounts of money to the government. There's no, the question of, well, what was actually illegal about the case was never answered because they settled. So case yeah. law never gets updated. So you're never actually clear on what's legal and what's illegal. And I think we're going to start seeing more of that everywhere, where it's all just whim laws, and you don't know what's illegal until the government says it's illegal. That's how I basically live my life here in Australia. <laughs> well, yeah. 
So, and we're getting there, but, uh, anyways, um, I don't know. So ISIS is using drones, off the shelf ones. <laughs> no, they're that. using the plastic helicopters. Yes, they are. You know. Yeah, which means somebody was sitting there steering it. It wasn't really a drone. But people going bad shit about that. I watched an ISIS video last night, uh, one of the latest ones. Uh, Twelve armored Humvees they used to attack an outpost. Wait a minute. Uh, How does a terrorist group do 12 Humvees? Well, they'd raided them all from the Iraqi uh, military. Oh, yeah. Because the Americans left all that gear there for them. So they're, they're rolling through the little towns out there in armored Humvees. This is, it's it's crazy, man. the The amount of hardware these guys have got uh, is ridiculous. They've got surface to air missiles. We're talking about a fully equipped fighting force here with over four hundred million dollars in gold. That pays a lot of bills. So we should be attacking them as a nation state, not as a terrorist group. Well, they've declared themselves a nation state. Now they have. Mm -hmm. That is one of the main reasons we're having trouble, uh, let's just say, not glassing the whole place and being done with it. The minute they call themselves a nation state, they no longer could be terrorists. So until the United Nations says they are terrorists. But considering the Americans who have one of the biggest votes on that council refuse to declare them as terrorists. um, Yeah. Yeah. About that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's why uh, the European Union and all them have raised their terrorist threat level uh, to just under extreme or something and the Americans have said nah nothing wrong with it we're good because uh, technically ISIS isn't terrorists because they were previously and this is the funny part the free Syrian army movement fighting Assad and we armed the living shit out of them back then and they went oh yeah by the way uh, we're joining with those guys yeah. Yeah. So, and also, too, um, Boko Haram have declared Nigeria um, part of that state as well, of the caliphate. <laughs> they just declared it. They're just like, nope, it's ours now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cyclops must have a pretty good delay going on there because he's still talking about the ISP stuff. Uh, yeah, we are about uh, two minutes behind on it for some reason. Really? Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I don't know whether what it is, whether it's just the re-encoding from the record up or whatever. I think it's just our stream provider, and I think I need to find a better one. Or go back to the old one. I got an email from them the other day. So yeah, if you're worried about ISIS using children's quadcopters, that is the least of our worries. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the politicians will do what you said, man. They'll use that as an excuse to uh, regulate, license, and um, corporatize children's toys. Yep. Because they may be weapons of war. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, that or they're just getting the kids used to... It's like, yeah, you liked flying that, that quadcopter as a kid, right, Timmy? Now you can fly the real thing. This one has missiles. <laughs> Dude, the Abrams M1 tank has a control stick like a, joy, like a PlayStation. Okay, boys and girls, whoever gets the highest score gets ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A lot of military vehicles now have uh, PlayStation controls. 
well, similar to that in Xbox. Yeah. Well, didn't they have that tank that they were driving with a PlayStation controller somewhere? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was the Abrams M1. Yeah. I'm glad to know in the future I'll be able to easily control a tank. That is the idea, BSV, to cut down on training times. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> so that's, that in itself is a little bit of a worry because Bob <laughs> used to train for six months. Now Bob plays PlayStation till nine o'clock in the morning, and he only needs to train for six weeks. <laughs> Welcome to the U.S. military. Here's your Steam account, and um, you'll be driving the Abrams today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Last story I've got for tonight. Um, it's from Extreme Tech. Uh, this guy came up with a smart tattoo that generates power from sweat. The muscle burn we feel is from ex- er, when exercising to exhaustion has been commonly associated with the buildup of lactic acid. For muscle, lactic is a waste product, a metabolism endpoint from which there is no escape. The brain, on the other hand, thrives on lactate. As far as the muscle is concerned, the brain is, met- uh, is a metal- um, metabolic trash can. Exercise psychologists quite naturally have sought to uh, measure lactate levels in the muscle or blood. When lactate was discovered to be released in sweat, a new sensor technology was born. Wang has taken the next logical step of adding uh, the provision to accumulate charge when lactate is enzymatically sensed. By embedded enzymes that process lactate into the tattoo, he was able to extract 70 microwatts per square uh, centimeter of skin. Now, the measure is a bit misleading because the actual device is only a few millimeters in size, so he only made about four microwatts. Technically speaking, um, okay, right. Anyways, so the catch with the tattoo is that you need to be hot, as in pedaling your heart out on a bike for 30 minutes to get the lactate out. So this guy's come up with the the, uh, smart tattoo that sucks the lactate out of your sweat when you exercise and can generate power. It's not a lot of power, but um, Matrix battery pods, anyone? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to find out how much a microwatt is. Microwatt is. It's mm-hmm. very little by the look of it. Yeah, it's not much. I'm, I'm just imagining somebody with their body covered in these things, you know, running on a treadmill for an hour might be able to get a bar on a cell phone charge. <laughs> Ah, one, it it's equivalent to one one millionth of a watt. Yeah. <laughs> I see it being more used as people in gyms. Oh, it, my tattoo is lit up. Uh, well, they're talking. working. Yeah, they're talking. The, the rest of the article goes on about using these smart tattoos to fuel the other smart tattoos on you that do other things, and I don't. Really follow uh, that what crap. runs on microwatts at the moment that we have practical practical technology in everyday life is a uh, compact solar cell. We'll make yep. it and power a watch or a very small um, calculator. So, yeah, it's it's not much power at all, mm-hmm. but it is a usable amount of power. So, you know, I'm it's, just thinking if we take convicts cover them with these things, and then force them to run around in circles all day. <laughs> yeah, Mops, you need to get it better focus it. You put them on bicycles that are attached to generators. So yeah, you get, oh, so two you get both levels. Yeah, there you go. Wow. Now you think with Minecraft portals. 
Then if you really want to be efficient, hook their breathing up to a windmere. <laughs> so, BSV, we've just assigned you the new job of prison architect, and we expect you'll have that energy crisis solved for us in the next couple of years, right? Well, I just had a vision of, like, a whole workshop, dudes tattooed in bright pink, pedaling bikes with little pinwheels in front of them, turning from the exhale. <laughs> BSV like booming over the mic. Production is too low. Pedal faster. <laughs> or release the rats. You got the guy, you, you know the guy that used to have up in the ship? You know, the, the guy yeah. banging on the doom, drum with the slaves rowing? Yeah, that only for these guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, instead of the dude with the drum, it's a guy with the oversized beat headset up there and, and an iPad just tapping away. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a job. <laughs> uh, oh, the future looks great. <laughs> I can almost see it from my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's move on to this. All right. So what I have for Digital Dojo tonight is a. It's kind of a Linux distribution, but it's also a Zen distribution. It's called Cubes OS, and I'm not sure if I've talked about it on Decking before. If I have, it's been a very long time. But um, I, I, I like to check in on it every once in a while, and they actually did a uh, updated release earlier this month that adds a very interesting feature to their operating system. Cubes OS is an open source operating system designed to provide strong security for desktop computing. It's based on Zen X and Linux and can run most Linux applications. And they just did uh, their release candidate 2 for Cubes 2 this month. Um, and the big thing they added in release candidate 2 for Cubes is support for Windows-based application VMs. So what Cubes does is it has these template VMs that are kind of looped back to the main file system as well as um, you know as well as a template file. So pretty much um, they, it sandboxes everything because you go in and define what well, it calls them um, data domains, but um, you know they 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 have a couple defined already work private, and uh, home, I think, are the three they've got set up. But in, in Cubes, you, you, these domains are, app, are application Zen VMs, where they've simply kind of built up the VM based on the template, linking it back to your home folder, and stuff like that. And so they've got all these common files that are shared, so if you set up your template to have a set of programs in it, and have access to certain folders, you can then use that template to spin up five or six domains, and they're all isolated from each other because they're all technically running in, as separate VMs. They're almost separate machines, except instead of using networking to talk to each other, they're doing it through Unix pipes on Zen. So I don't know if I'm explaining this well or not. <laughs> um, it's, uh. sort of, it's sort of like a built-in system to run lots of virtual machines except these virtual machines are lightweight. So instead of having, like I used to recommend, you know, spinning up 
VirtualBox and a copy of Ubuntu to do all your web browsing just to keep anything from leaking from your web browsing into your main operating system, right? Well, this thing does that for you. And you can spin up five or six different browsers in different VMs so that each one is isolated from the other. And it's built right into the operating system. And they just added support to throw a Windows VM in there. And the so you could like have a Windows VM running Microsoft Office and that's in its own isolated um, domain on a Linux desktop. Uh, whereas, you know, and then you'll have like your Linux-based browser in another domain. Then you might have a banking-based browser in another domain. And then you've got the main system that you use for, well, nothing but launching domains, really, but it's where all your files live. So, again, I don't know if I'm explaining this very well or not. It's, it's kind of a fun concept because it spins up these VMs and they've got it so streamlined that spinning up extra VMs outside of the a little bit of processor overhead is not very expensive at all. So pretty much the main part of it doesn't really do much other than spin up each these application domains. has its opens up a oh, separate No, not each application. Um because that gets crazy quick. So you define domains, which in a domain's a VM, right? Mm. So you might have five or six applications running out of one domain. And then those five or six applications can, of course, share files and data, just like applications running on one computer. But those, that domain is completely separate from another domain that you, say, do your banking in. Mm, and okay. maybe you have another domain that you do coding in. That way you're coding, you know, if you make a mistake with your scripting, you can't screw up your main system. You screw up the domain it's in. And then yeah. you can have a Windows domain. So if you need a Windows app like Microsoft Office or something, you can spin it up that way. And it all looks but, like it's part of the same desktop. Nice. No. So it is a little bit complicated. You have to kind of understand what the hell's going on. And because it is still beta, it really helps to know Zen. Um, they do not have 3D support. That is the big bugaboo right now. Is oh, okay. They just have not got 3D support for these VMs yet. And uh, there were some people playing around with setting up a Windows uh, domain and passing the video card to that. But you end up having to have two monitors, you know, one for your Windows VM and one for yeah. everything else. And <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> but so that's that it's not a gaming platform. This is a secured operating platform. I actually want to set it up on my work machine. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not there yet. Uh, it does require a BP setup. It does need a modern processor that does all the virtualization commands. They like recommend a minimum of 8 gigs of RAM. Um, and you are spinning up VMs, so we, you know the hard disk usage is just going to be a little bit higher. So you you are looking at kind of a almost getting into server architecture to build a desktop to really run this thing. And the Windows VM template process is a chore right now because it's kind of a hack to get it in there. It works once it's in there and it supports it. It's just they haven't got that nice and clean. You know what I mean? So it's certainly something fun to play with. <laughs> um, you can't test this in a VM. <laughs> you have to load it on a real machine. <laughs> 
I loaded it on a box to play with, but I haven't had a chance to really do anything with it yet. But I, I like the concept. I really do. Because you can have one VM that handles networking and then passes stuff out to other machines. So if you have somebody attacking your networking stack, it's only going to get into the one VM. It can't actually get out anywhere. So there are some interesting ideas. Like if you're going to run Tor, you would spin up one domain that handles the connection to Tor and then another domain that you know connects to the first domain so that if, if your connection to Tor gets compromised, your actual data doesn't... I'd, pushing it but so um, pretty much yeah. it seems like it works as making a computer with sectioned off bulkheads that can yes. be closed yes that is a very good way to put it bsv hmm. definitely sounds interesting now i can compute in bathtub <laughs> no bathtub uh, so, anyways, that's uh, that's really all I got for tonight. I mean, that Cube's OS is fun. It's 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 certainly worth playing with and definitely worth keeping an eye on, especially if they get it a little bit farther along and start getting some three D support in there, um, because it will have a nice side effect uh, if the three D support gets in there to where you can seamlessly run a Windows application VM. Think about what that will let you do. You will actually be able to run a Linux desktop as your main OS. And actually play games. And play games and have these segmented areas. So you could even have one Windows VM that's for your games. And another one that's for maybe work stuff, like running Office. Um, or And of course, you know, however many for however many different email accounts. And, and if you're maintaining different online identities, I could see this being really handy. But... Uh, yeah, when they get that 3D thing sorted out with it, that's really going to have my attention. Nice. Then, then you'll have your Windows and your Linux apps all on one platform, and the whole damn thing is going to be moderately secure from the get-go just because of the isolation component. Hmm. So, Anyways, that's all I got for tonight. Listen to the stream. We're always working on it. Pure Decking is now every Saturday. I believe the missing dialogues is still on Tuesday. I did, in fact, show Lord of the Broadcast Box. So, er, is he still doing missing, or did he? he do he switch back to Sipper? Uh, it's missing. I think <laughs> he's back yeah. on missing. Okay. Um, yeah, because I know he was uh, switching around what shows he was doing, but we did show him the broadcast box. So hopefully, his shows are going out on the streams as well. Um, I don't know when any of the other shows are coming back. It's summer. Everyone's busy. Everyone kind of got kicked in the dick by life. Um, I'd like to bring the other shows back. I wouldn't mind recruiting some new ones, too, while we're at it. But uh, anyways, uh, that's all I got. Galaxy, the, Hit up the Galaxy 15 radio site, which hopefully if I get some time, I'll get to redo that thing here shortly and get the archives back up to date. Uh, I did talk to Suave. Uh, he has no idea what the hell happened to the account that had all the IHN archives. But we're going to get that sorted out. And honestly, the RHN archives may end up being, you know, if you really want them, you go download a, a huge-ass zip file or something. I mean... Yeah. Um, I don't know. But... Um, Let me know we'll when you have that available in a zip file. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out. Uh, the zip file is going to be massive. Uh, <laughs> it's like, you know that 8-terabyte hard drive we were talking about? 
<laughs> yeah. We now have a use for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, years archives. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've been doing IH. We we've been doing Galaxy 15 for at least four years, if not five. Yeah. And IHN for a couple of years before that. Damn. It's a lot of hours. Yeah, it's a lot of audio. So, uh, of course, the feedback forum, the subreddit, the IRC channel. Um, and worst case scenario, I would say TCPIP via carrier pigeon, but I think we ran out of the pigeons. So at this point... They were tasty. At this point... What you need to do is put as much metal in your microwave as you can and then turn it on and off in binary, and I'm sure BSV's microwave monitoring rig will pick it up. Uh, response may be a bit slow. <laughs> and may result in a few neighborhoods being microwaved. Not you, my you fault. You know what? I, I'm just because I feel I don't actually put metal in the microwave, please. <laughs> That was a joke, if you didn't figure that out. Actually, you know what? If you couldn't figure out that was a joke, you deserve what happens. So <laughs> that's We have I to got. encourage Taoism now and again. <laughs> they put so much work against it. Wow. That's all I got. <laughs> we're you know, we we quit using music at the end of the show, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna close it out. Bring out the gimp! No 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 sorry.